Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It is Tuesday. It is the Bite Me Podcast. And it is a popping cork revolution that is upon us. A popping cork revolution is upon us. We'll get to that. And a bunch of topics with you, uh, including, uh, hey, man, this is the one. This is uh, this is the front. Uh, we're going to start right there. And, of course, uh, uh, maybe even uh, some talk about should have been here yesterday. That's one we couldn't get to last week. Uh, and, and all kinds of cool stuff like dressing for this weather, uh, et cetera, and how you guys approach it. And we're going to take a little trip up and down on uh, the entire Gulf Coast uh, as it pertains uh, to this front. And uh, got to uh, just get this out of the way. We'll get, we'll get right to it. How about subscribing to the podcast, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and uh, you'll get these notifications uh, right away. Really appreciate you guys uh, doing this. Uh, so we'll get right into it. Appreciate everybody joining us live here on YouTube. We'll post this uh, this evening. Hopefully it won't be as much editing as last week, but it was still fun last <laughs> week editing the podcast and uh, even got to bite me short out of the deal that made uh, Captain Dean, uh, famous, even more famous than he already is. But, uh, uh, here we go. So I saw you shaking your head, Dean, when I said there's a bite me uh, revolution upon us, there's a bite me revolution. I mean, there's a popping cork yeah. revolution upon us. I was still <laughs> laughing at the lions on the Serengeti. <laughs> <laughs> I showed it to my kids and they're like, well, we got to watch this podcast more often. <laughs> I mean, it's like, if that's where we're going, we're going to do that. Um, but I mentioned popping corks, uh, the bite me shorts are blowing and going. I think I've got like 12 in the can right now. And, uh, I'm going to get some more done this week. Uh, some really good stuff from Captain Scott, really good stuff from Captain Dean and Captain, uh, Caleb. You're not going to see me posting a lot, uh, cause I'd rather uh, defer to, to these fine folks in front of me. Uh, Captain Dean Thomas, Captain Caleb McCumber and Captain Scott Null, if you're new to the podcast, um, but this one was uh, an essential. It was, it was by popular demand. The people, Caleb, the people demanded some popping cork expertise, and by God, I gave it to them. They got it, didn't they? It, <laughs> I, I watched it, and frankly, I found it inspiring. Thank you. That's the whole idea. And of course, Scott, what did it inspire you to do? <laughs> um, Throw more me top to, waters. Yeah, to sign up for AAA and uh, get a life alert necklace. <laughs> <laughs> I have, you know, I've been throwing them for about 30 years. Uh, and then, of course, we get the, the obligatory post on the Bite Me group page, which we encourage everybody to join there on Facebook. Man, I, I watched the video. We went out. My wife was throwing the popping cork. She killed me. And uh, there was the, uh, the also obligatory eye roll from you, Captain Scott, about never going to hear the end of that. Yeah, you're never going to hear the end of that, Scott. 
Well, it was what's happening is, is everybody, well, everybody's trying to behave for Santa Claus <laughs> here right now and just be nice to you. I gladly take all the grief because uh, I will stand on my uh, on my record uh, with those things. You know what? We've got a lot to cover uh, on fishing, but it is Halloween. I almost put my wig on. I was I dressed as Bob Ross for uh, our Halloween party on Sunday, and my wife was the uh, canvas, uh, and uh, I almost did that. But it is Halloween. Um, hopefully, all the trick or treaters are safe and get a lot of candy today. But I was like, just okay. Let's start with something a little bit fun here. All right. So if, and this is where the live uh, audience comes in handy, um, if you were to dress up as one of the Bite Me hosts, and I'm going to ask you guys too, Dean, you look like you're ready to, to pounce on this one. If you were to, to dress up as one of the Bite Me hosts, what exactly would you wear and uh, how would that go? Well, it wouldn't be just one of y'all because y'all are all quite entertaining people. <laughs> but the perfect one would be, I would get me um, a tower boat with like 800 horsepower engine with a Needville baseball cap. <laughs> and I would get me a fly rod and put a popping cork on it. There you go. <laughs> a fly and rod. And, and everybody's represented. <laughs> that's, that's all of it. I would, I, I would put a Nederland, uh, excuse me, a Needville hat on. I'd uh, grow my full beard, not just the goatee. Uh, I'd talk a bunch of shit to everyone, and I'd be late everywhere I went. Hmm, who might that be? Who, who, might, who might that be? I, I would wear a flat bill Afgo cap, get a Shiner beer with a terrible damn attitude, only when we drink the Shiner beer, <laughs> and and then just carry around a pop cork and ask people to make fun of me instead of me saying trick or treat. <laughs> Scott, oh no, big floppy, <clears throat> big old floppy A and M hat with a bunch of popping corks hanging off the sides of it and everything. <laughs> like that, dude. It looks like one of those dangling the things hats with the dangles. <laughs> it looked like a chandelier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that should do it. You probably yeah, need a walker that, too what, to round that out. Hey, come on now, come on. <laughs> You forgot the you forgot the barbecue sauce says Russ uh, on the <laughs> on the text board. Yeah. Oh, I'd oh, also knock, um, knock the propeller off of my boat too. Would be yes appropriate. There's less there's less drag in the water with that thing gone, man. Get that there Bluetooth, is less drag. Get that Bluetooth lower unit, and you got your ensemble. If you if you don't have anything to make that propeller spin, you don't particularly need the propeller either. Well, this is true. Yeah, like I, yeah, I'd be. I dress as a gas gauge, and I just follow <laughs> Caleb everywhere he went. What? what, what <laughs> I, I think. I think that 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 Scott could be the gas gauge because we none of us are sure if he works. If you dress like Scott, see, that's kind of a difficult one. He kind of changed. Well, I definitely would be be barefoot on a tower. But what else uh, with Scott? Uh, I mean, he went through the sleeveless shirt era of his life for a good while there. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I missed that. Well, you didn't miss that. It was on the podcast <laughs> every day for three months. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Put a damn shirt on his sleeve in it. Well, that's true. That's true. All right, boys, let's get to it. Um, let's get to some fishing topics here, and feel free to weigh in on the, the live YouTube stream here. Um, well, here it is. Scott, I'm going to start with you. The, the front is here. It's been uh, pretty dang chilly all week. Um, and, I, and the reason I'm starting with you is because there are different ways – and we'll get into the gear and such in, in just a minute. I'm talking about fishing, when, how, when not to, um, you know, depending on, uh, I guess the front really hit overnight Sunday. Uh, and we're here on Tuesday afternoon recording. It'll post tonight. Uh, but let's start upper, upper middle coast, Galveston area, you know, Sabine area where you've been. Um, what are you looking for? When are you going to be out there? Let's help our people uh, catch some fish uh, this, this week. And I was just looking at the tides right now and i mean they bottomed out lower today than they did yesterday it's mm -hmm. uh they're in the negatives but the biggest thing right now is the water temperature uh, i mean negative tides are fine water temperature dropped over 20 degrees i mean that's <clears throat> that's gonna change some things for the fish I and mean, it was it was 81 82 degrees and now it's 60 so at, what uh, how Galveston causeway 
and Dean's well aware of it. We've talked about it in our fishing school, but the fish have to readjust their body to uh, digest the food. And when they have a severe drop like that, their enzymes change on their digestion. And that usually puts them off for a few days. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, they fed really, really heavy on that falling tide. And that typically will, will put them into a state of not wanting to eat for a little bit, like we talked about last week. I would yeah. look for probably Wednesday afternoon as it starts warming back up and a little incoming tide, get a little warmer water back on the flats. I think they'd start feeding Wednesday afternoon. That'd be my guess. Now, uh, Port O'Connor looks much the same. And there's going to be a lot of moving bait that coincide with that too. So it's kind of a, it's like the double bingo. Um, Yeah. You get back in a good mood and then there's just tons of bait fish that are going to be on the move. I I looked at Port O'Connor and it's about the same, Uh, same water temperatures, same, you know, the tides down below zero, uh, we're into the negative tides that we've been kind of looking for. Uh, that pulls everything out of the back lakes, all, all the bait fish and everything's going to be out on the, the drop-offs. And then as that tide starts warming back up and the, we get a little sunshine on it. Uh, hell, it was raining, cold rain here this morning. Uh, that wasn't in yeah. the forecast. <laughs> Imagine that. They got that wrong. But uh, <laughs> as it warms back up, the, the bait fish will get moving and that water will go back up on those flats and got the sun. Heating up, heating up that dark mud, and everything will go right back to where it was pre-front, uh, just with a little bit lower water this time. So we probably won't have that water all up in the grass like it was. Caleb, uh, a lot of what – I don't want you to necessarily reiterate what uh, Scott said in, in the broad picture, but down in the lower middle coast, more shell reefs. You got some mud mixed in uh, on some long flats. Uh, and I wanted to ask you also about that, but also about uh, – the movement of fish. Scott uh, addressed that. I mean, it's going to be kind of, you're kind of, at least my experience has been, you're kind of spitballing until you can get a good gauge on, on what the movement's like. Yeah, this is this is one I'm, I'm sitting here looking at, and it actually dropped 30 degrees in Matagorda. It went from 83 and it's 53.3 right now, which is, I'm sorry, now it has moved up to 54 since Scott started talking. But, um, yeah. you know, like Scott said, they're going to have to adjust, but I don't think they're going to be running for cover. I I this is this is what I look to happen to actually pull them back up into the shallower stuff. They're going to start going to the bait where it's coming from. Um, I still think Thursday is going to be solid. I think Friday is going to be solid. I think Wednesday evening can be solid. I'm going out fishing mm-hmm. Thursday, so I'm going to do so. If I see another bite me listener and he's like, "Hey man, I'm out here because you said this is when we were going." I hope we were right this time. But I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they're I don't think they're ducking and covering. I think that uh, this is about to turn a lot of stuff on. Yeah, and now lower coast, Dean, um, a lot of flats, a lot of flats. There are some drop-offs and deep holes, but what's different down there? Well, the water temperature is not nearly as dramatic in Port Aransas. It was only about 10 degrees drop. But even though we have low tides, I mean, we have a strong incoming tide. So, I mean, we have huge variations in the tide in 24-hour period. So there's a lot of current flowing across those flats. It's, I mean, it, like I said earlier, it moves the bait fish around. It's pulling, we've been, we had crazy high tides on the past full moon less than two weeks ago, probably 12 days. And we were back up in the lakes up against the bushes and it was just loaded with mullet and bait fish. It was just everywhere we went was alive and all of those bait fish were getting pulled onto deeper flats, you know, deeper grass beds. And you know, mm-hmm. they won't, when the tide comes back in, when it shifts that dramatically, when it comes back in strong, those bait fish and those fish aren't going to move up within three or four hours. They're going to stay on those deeper flats. So I look at where the tide was, you know, 12 hours earlier than when I fished from when I'm there at that time. So I don't chase it that quickly. I don't run right back up right. to the ultra shallow stuff. I'm going to stay in that range that's holding bait fish and you kind of plan for the big ones to be in that area. The big difference with us is we've had a lot of speckled trout mixed in with the redfish on the, um, the places that we were getting, you know, almost exclusively reds for a while. We're getting yeah. 
close to 50-50 on speckled trout. They started out really small, but um, a lot of bigger trout are starting to invade the grass beds. All right, do want to take a second here to remind you it might be time to take your boat for its annual maintenance over to the boat yard in beautiful Kima. Or you know what? Get that new boat that you've always had your eye on. If you need maintenance, there's an annual maintenance special that they always have going and even more savings, 10% more for veterans, teachers, and first responders. And if you need that new boat, I've purchased three boats now from JT, Jake, and the whole gang over there. Get your new boat. Get your service done. The boat yard in beautiful Kima. I said, I think it's I think it's going to start getting where it's apparent where fish are at for a while. You're going to start seeing the the bait. But that's what I mean. You're kind of spitballing until you can. It like it, it's going to get it's going to get a lot easier for the next I don't know sixty days or so to kind of determine where you want to go. As it gets colder, you're going to see less and less bait in the bay too. You know, at, right mm -hmm. now that's still out there, like Dean said, but stuff's going to start moving and migrating. The 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 shrimp are going to start migrating out, and I think it's going to get a lot more apparent where you have your best odds at for a while. It, the big difference, I mean, I've always compared those notes with Scott. The marshes in the uh, up north of me, those shrimp go crazy, man. Those shrimp will be popping. What we have down here, what you focus on is more mullet. I mean, we don't have that kind yeah. of massive shrimp migration, but they start just pouring out of those marshes and uh, and the way it works is normally like four or five days ahead of me, the marshes will go crazy. And then it takes a little bit more time. And then we catch up with that action. It's just, it's always been that way. Now, Scott, you've talked about, we've all talked about, you know, the, those fish will gorge for a while. How much of that is true now when the weather heats up, heats up, it heats up a little bit Saturday and Sunday into the low eighties after Thursday and Friday, when it seems like it might be uh, pretty good. How much of that comes into play then? It'll just go back to normal. And the, the gorging thing happens on that big drop up right. there on, you know, on the upper coast, all through the marshes. We have that big, you know, the big dump that we all look for. Uh, that was an incredible dump. I mean, it was tight. It was over a foot, foot and a half higher than it should have been, and then went down below where it was supposed to go at the lowest. Uh, it, I looked at one spot, and it it showed it dropped almost three feet in, you know, inside of twelve hours. Uh, we don't get that kind of tides here. Now, Florida guys are over there laughing. Carolina guys are laughing. They get that daily, but uh, that's a that's an incredible drop for us. When our normal tides, you know, drop six inches is a big one that triggers such a feed that there's no reason for them to eat after that. They can, you know, everything that was up in those, in that grass while it was flooded, got flushed out and they took huge advantage of it. I've got, you know, dozens and dozens of videos from when I got at Galveston of days just like that. And then those mm -hmm. were, those were days where you catch 30, 40, 50. Hell, I had one day with two guys on the boat fly fishing, caught over a hundred redfish on a day like that. Um, mm. But everything eats during that and then there's no reason for them to eat afterwards they will they will just absolutely sit down and squat for 48 hours or so uh, typically 24 to 36 but this has got a, a another component to it where it chilled the water so much i mean it went from summer to winter uh, we didn't have mm -hmm. a fall so yeah yeah they're going to be a little bit in shock i would imagine and what i've seen when that happens is I could pull around the back in the marsh and I could spot all the fish in the world, but we couldn't get them to eat. They're just sitting. And I would imagine that's what happened yesterday. Uh, I yeah. hated fishing the day after a big drop like that. Mm -hmm. Caleb, I just got a text on the old bat phone here. Uh, someone listening, uh, watching uh, on the YouTube live channel. And I thought it was an interesting, uh, I thought it was an interesting point. He said, okay, so they're, it, it, let's say I'm out there. I've been out there on those days, basically is what he said, where you're, you know, the fisher, the cold front came in, the fish are eating. Why does it all of a sudden still just shut off like that? Like, it, are they moving? Is it, is it just temporary? You know, this time of year, I thought that was a good question because uh, this time of year, uh, as, as Scott was pointing out, the fish are eating, uh, the, the conditions are good, they're moving, the bait is moving. And yet he said it still inevitably just shuts down. Why, why do you think that is? Man, that's happened to me a couple of times over the past past yeah. couple of weeks. Uh, when I saw the fellow on Friday, it, they're, they're, the schools were out and doing their thing. The next day they shut down. Um, 
I, I believe I agree with Chef Gonzo. It's high pressure for sure. I mean, end of story. No reason to talk about anything else, right? Okay, we'll talk about something else then. Um, <laughs> well, we might get a different I, answer from from the other two fellows. No, I mean, I, I I think Scott nailed it nailed it right on. They you know they've ate what they what they need to eat because at the end of the day, is still an animal that is that is counting calories to survive. I presume, and they've 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 ate. Mm-hmm. They've got what they need. Um, Maybe the t- and then there's there's plenty of other things that trigger trigger them to eat or not that you get tide movements and and uh you know high pressure uh stuff like that but it it I I don't John if we knew this stuff man I'd be making a million dollars winning tournaments well it it brings us into should have been here yesterday yeah. that I mean yeah I was gonna say it ties in with another topic we have directly um that mm-hmm. some days there's just not an explanation for those things it is a hard one to explain um you can miss them by 50 feet and you know you can say well man there weren't any fish here today if they weren't really moving um or you can land right on top of that school and have a great day so that all those things considered there's still variables to that equation you know there's if you could actually plug it in and get the answer every time, I don't think it would be the challenge that it is. So, yeah, well, I can, temperature. I can give you, I can give you the perfect example of this. That day that I was talking about where we caught a hundred fish. It was uh, Wednesday yeah. before Thanksgiving, and it was on, dude. I mean, it was just like this last front, except that it hit just before daylight instead of at midnight. And my guys met me at the ramp and they were talking about not going, you know, and I was going to go anyway. And they realized that I was going to go and they said, well, hell, I guess we'll go too. And went out and absolutely crushed it. I mean, sat in one spot, literally one, I, I parked the boat sideways in a bayou and I had a guy fly fishing off the front, one off the back and they caught well over a hundred redfish. They needed to go in because of Thanksgiving with family and all that. I called my buddy Jason and said, hey, hey, man, it is on, dude. The marsh is just on fire. You wouldn't believe what I saw this morning. Meet me at the ramp. I'm dropping my guys off early. It was like 1130, 12 o'clock. We had already caught all those. Yeah. I get back to the ramp. Jason meets me there. I drop my guys off. I grab Jason. We run back out there. It is absolutely freaking dead, and we don't catch a fish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I not a fish, dude. And we saw them. I mean, you could still see them moving around, but every one of them looked like a football. They were all yeah. completely stuffed. And we just mm-hmm. kind of bowled around for a few hours and just looked at big fish. I can give you a hundred examples of this. Number one is anytime Scott or Steve calls me and says tarpon are at the jetties and and women and children are catching them on popping corks, get down here. When I show <laughs> up, they're dead. And then the next day they're killing it again. Uh, multiple tournaments. The 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 one that Daniel and I won second and third in the other day, it uh, we caught every fish from in two days straight. Every fish from eight a.m. to ten thirty a.m. and then the rest of the day looked at them, watched them. I mean, it's clear water and couldn't get a single one of them to eat. Um, I tell a story all the time about whenever I out we, we were out wade fishing, didn't catch a single fish from daylight till one o'clock, and then from one o'clock till dark, it was absolutely on fire. Um, and then my favorite quote I use all the time is fish don't care what we think we know about them. It's that simple. Yeah. Like Dean says, Dean, uh, what are your thoughts on this? And then what do you do? Because uh, I, I always try to play the role of one of our listeners here. I'm sure. Okay. Well, well so you, you were on a bunch of fish, the fish are there. Uh, what do you do? And what are your thoughts on that? Dean? Uh, that's whenever you start, <clears throat> you know, telling funny jokes and trying to be entertaining <laughs> and yeah, you got to work your way through three or four hours of, uh, explaining (laughs) this bad situation um yeah man it's just you grind it out that's that's when it turns into the grind you know on those tough days if you get one or two really good fish then you know it's a good day when they're acting like that so you know on a tough day you you just it's that's called the grind man you just you keep casting you find one that gets careless my line with my customers is I promise they're here. I just can't prove it. Or what's sad <laughs> is whenever you can see that they're there mm-hmm. and you just, you know, you're changing colors, you're changing, you're going subsurface, you're going top water, you're going light, heavy, and you just you throw everything in the arsenal at them. 
when my guy was here and from 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 Florida, not Alabama, by the way, that was the joke all day long. Is I'm from Florida, not Alabama. I don't know why I thought he was from Alabama, but when he was here, we went through I don't know probably 15 marsh ponds and pushed fish all over the place. And it's stuff they were throwing top waters well ahead of the boat and working it back and working it back. And then we'd get up there and push six fish that had been watching that top water the whole time. But then two hours later, went into a pond and boom, boom, boom. There's three just massive, just murder top waters. And then they went right back to just, you know, you have to hit them with the boat to make them move again. It's a, they're an odd critter. They are an odd critter. Uh, Scott, I, I, the last thing on this, and, and then we'll move on because we've got some, some good stuff on uh, the cold weather conditions and, and coming up, I really am interested in seeing what you guys are going to say about this very serious boat ramp confessional. Usually they're funny stories, but uh, this guy was, he waited three years uh, to, to get uh, this story to me. So you'll want to hear that if you're online uh, with us or listening to the podcast uh, on the recording Tuesday night or, or Wednesday. But last thought on this, Scott, this is to me just an example of, you know, and you always say fish got to eat and then they get gored, they get full and, and you can't get them. Do you just change, uh, I guess, targets at that point? I mean, because that's what I've always done. I was like, okay, well, let's maybe go out try to find some reds in one of these back lakes or let's try to maybe go to the jetties and see what we can do. Or, or is it just a matter of being patient and trying to find another place? Kind of depends on the trip and the guy, you know, a lot of times I'm fly fishing and we're not going to be able to go just do something different like that. So mm -hmm. I will go smaller and smaller on the flies and occasionally that works. Uh, just dropping the fly down to a, like a bonefish size fly, little bitty stuff and yeah. putting it right on their nose and every now and then that'll work but a whole lot of times it just turns into casting practice we can see the fish we know <laughs> they're there just just keep making a cast and see if we can talk him into eating you can do a little exploring you can go around and you know mess around and see what else you can find i guess but every fish out there was doing the same thing they were all gorging on that that falling yeah. tide and yeah now they're just gonna sit and I've, I mean, I, I have had some of the worst days the day after some of the best days. I mean, that, that's mm -hmm. just the way this time of year works when you have these big so, dumps. You know, the, everybody so looks forward to the dump, but I don't want to fish the day after it. So to put, and we'll get to what what's got to do and et cetera in a little bit, but to kind of put a bow on this for our listeners right now, Thursday and Friday, Thursday and Friday might be the days uh, to, to get out there, right? Right, Caleb? Yeah, and whenever, whenever I go out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn on this down system, my boat, and I'm gonna think of Dean is gonna be a lot like this right here. <laughs> and then I'm gonna get in the right frame of mind and I'm gonna yeah. go kill some shit. <laughs> I think we're all gonna we're all gonna gonna take ownership of that story when we can't get our, our, our buddies or our clients in your y'all's case. To buy, look, we're just going to say, listen, let me tell you about the Serengeti. Let me <laughs> and the animal. I'm never, never going to watch Lion King the same again. Nope. <laughs> you, can, you should dress up as the Lion King tonight. With if an, anybody, and Carrie can be an antelope. Carrie can exactly. be an antelope. If anybody yeah. could put a flat bill Afco cat a cap on that monkey holding that lion up and Photoshop <laughs> that for our cover photo for our group page, that'd be great. All right. Let, let's, get, uh, let's get to this. We'll get right back to it, but a second here for Anglers Anonymous. Mike and Chris and all the guys over at Anglers Anonymous, they got you covered. Whatever brand, whatever gear, whatever anything you want, real repair also, they have got you taken care of at Anglers Anonymous. We're talking experience. It's a veteran-owned business, and it is a fishing business, and that's all they do. Whatever it is that you're looking for, the summer is here. It's hot, and then comes the fall. They got you covered from head to toe. You can get it at Anglers Anonymous, anglersanonymous.net, Anglers Anonymous in Katy. All right, so I I put this on the the this was just my thought because we were going to talk about the cold front and et cetera. I put this on the the rundown about its Grundens and, and sim season and, and how you guys prepare, stay warm, keep things interesting, uh, et cetera. And then like the next day, we got this uh, post on the Bite Me group page on Facebook. So let's 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 read the question here, and I'm gonna start with Dean on this one. Um, and then we'll work up the coast where it maybe gets a little colder. But with this weather change, it's got me taking all the wet waiting gear out of the boat, looking over all my cold weather gear. Uh, what are y'all using uh, for head, face coverings, cold, wet conditions? 
Um, surprisingly, I'm having a hard time finding exactly what I'm looking for. Now, this seems like pretty almost simplistic, Dean, but man, when you're on the water, it's always colder. And when you're fishing and maybe not catching in that moment, the comfort level and the dryness level, I mean, it is, I mean, I, I consider it crucial. Yeah, yeah. The, the the slow days are horrible in the cold, man. When the fish are biting, it kind of tends to go on back burner. You don't feel it as much. And I am not a fan of cold weather, man. I come out there looking like the Michelin man bundled up some days. But <laughs> I go with Sims waders. I mean, I, I still wear the breathables, but I layer up underneath, man, with um thermals you know some um like warm-up pants um thermal shirt underneath that and i mean i, I start at the bottom and work my way out on yeah. keeping warm but you also but, have to have that quality stuff caleb because you are fishing and you don't want to have like mittens and everything else and not be able to move and cast that's always the question when i get people on the boat they're like well it, you know they're like i don't mind the cold and then they get there and they have a hard time just functioning to me caleb it's ears and fingers ears and fingers are, are crucial i look silly too dean but caleb i i have that hat with you've seen it with the ear flaps i look like the little kid from christmas story that thing you can make fun of me as much as you do my popping corks i don't care it is warm and it makes a difference you want to talk you want to talk about the complete picture i just got it right there yeah you've oh. seen that picture I, I'm, I'm gonna have to post it here i think i have one of it uh, you put, put that <laughs> floppy aggie hat on top of that earmuff hat no no aggie hat with the earmuffs hat that's, that's my dang that's shirt. my halloween costume i'm i need that go ahead go I'm ahead easy to I find actually, on the water i actually own an elmer fudd hat um yeah but, that, uh, that kind of hat man i'm gonna i'm gonna tell y'all what uh the best thing that i've found you can get them for 20 bucks on ebay or amazon and you go watch Deadliest Catch. They're wearing like those blue uh, rubber gloves, look like chemical gloves. And the mm -hmm. inside of them have like a have like a fur liner inside of them. And you can put those suckers on, but they're they're still grippy and rubbery. I mean, they're using them to to work those crab pots and everything. You can drive your boat. Those things are a lifesaver because I cannot even the thick neoprene gloves. Like it's like the wind comes through them to me. Those blue gloves for 20 bucks have been the greatest thing. I Everybody else gets to put their hands in their pocket, not the guy driving the boat. And right. and and you fish Matagorda, there's nowhere close. You can't just like, let's run over here and set it down. You're, you're, it's a 20-minute boat ride, period, right? So those blue gloves have been great. Um, my biggest my biggest thing is, and the reason I'm willing to spend money on good grunners gear and stuff like that, I want to be warm, but my 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 layers be as thin as possible right i don't want to i don't want to mess with my movement yes um I, I wear the i wear the grundens base layer the grundies under underneath ski pants i will i, I spent 250 dollars on a good pair of snowboarding pants about two or three years ago um you can find them on sale for 125 bucks when it's the off season and they're fairly water resistant uh, they're thin but man, they, they they keep your butt warm. I've been out fishing with Daniel before, and I swear I looked at him and said, "Why is only my right butt cheek shivering? Like this is weird. I've only got, I've got one butt cheek just losing his mind." But yeah, <laughs> but the, the 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 Grundy's the Grundy's base layer that thing it it, it 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 reminds me of like a it's not neoprene, but it's it's like real that real compact belt that's thin. And then on top of that, I can just put put a you know a warm jacket over that and then put my my wading jacket over that, and that'll handle pretty much any amount of cold that i've had to deal with i'll, I'll stay warm and dry if it's raining spend the, spend the money on some bibs what one, one yes. whether it's sims grunnings whatever it is it look texans look at bibs like they're they're stupid that would these things it's a different kind of cold and wet when you get on that boat in the water and oh, if, my gosh. if you're if you're not waiting bibs are absolutely amazing the and the grunning ones have a zipper so you can go to the bathroom without taking them off which is a gr great deal too I'm going to show this on uh, the YouTube uh, uh, video, Scott. This is maybe the best investment I've ever done. It's a glacier glove, and there's slits on the forefinger and the thumb. So what that does for me is I stay very warm. I, like My fingers are, are, are it. I've had two pair of these for probably 15, 20 years. So what that does is when I'm working on a bait, tying a knot or whatever, I don't have to take off my glove. I just flip the, the the fingers over and this is unpaid endorsement these these fine folks uh they deserve it because this has saved my butt for 
um, a lot of time uh, for a long, long time. But they're called glacier gloves, and those slits on the fingers are game changers. But what do you do, Scott? Layer up. Yeah, as everybody knows. But uh, Sims has got some real thin uh, base layer. It's almost silky-like, and uh, that's always my my very base layer. And then uh, mm-hmm. I go with a whole lot of AFCO stuff above that. Uh, the Reaper jacket series, uh, they have a built-in. The guy was asking about face covering. It's got the built-in navigator yeah. that goes all the way up over, you know, I mean, it goes all the way up to your eyes. And that, mm-hmm. that with a, the Reaper is a hooded sweatshirt. And that's what they started with. Now they've got uh, windproof jackets. Uh, that is one of the biggest things that has come along in the last 10 years or so is all, all the windproof stuff. Sims makes some good windproof and uh, also the AFCO, the, that Reaper. That's what I wore in Alaska. Um, mm-hmm. Up there shooting the, the bears. I've been, I left here at 105 degrees and got up there and it was 42 and raining. And pretty much all I wore the entire time was my Reaper sweatshirt and then the, the, uh, the Reaper outer jacket. It's not wind, It's not completely waterproof, but it's good enough. You know, it's uh, water resistant. But between that and then that little neck gaiter that's built into it and being able to pull that up over my face, I can I can handle pretty much anything with that on. Uh, if it's really raining, uh, I, I've got the AFCO. I did the bibs, you know, like, uh, like the Grundon's bibs. Uh, they make a really good set. It's called Hydronaut. You look like a little astronaut when you get it all geared <laughs> up. But uh, it, it really, it, the bibs really do help a lot. Um, yeah, it's got a top and a bottom to it. And then, uh, on the glove side, uh, Sims makes one that's, uh, it's a mitten. You know, it's got the mitten, no fingers that mm-hmm. folds back. Like what you're showing, you know, with your thumb and your forefinger. Yeah. All the fingers are half, yeah, all your fingertips are exposed, except like when you're running the boat, you flip that mitten over the top of it and it folds back down. And I run the boat with, with the mitten part and then mm-hmm. you don't have your individual fingers out there getting cold. It, that's been a lifesaver to me. And those are also wind stopper. Uh, yeah. You know, Sims has that as a trademark of wind stopper, I believe. And, uh, those, those gloves have that, uh, material in them as well. So when you're running the boat, you yeah. don't get that wind chill on your fingers. I got a, I got a question for all three of y'all here. When, mm-hmm. when you're, when, well, first off, to answer the socks question, it t- it has to be stupid cold for me to wear anything other than just like jump socks because, like yeah. Paul said, when my feet start sweating, when that sweat gets cold, it sucks. Um, but mm-hmm. I'll wear like the ski socks uh, if it's bad, bad, and I'm waiting. Um, question for the three of y'all though, because all three of us are on Facebook and we scroll through it, and I know Facebook Facebook does that thing where if you stop and look at an ad, it's like shows you more like it. And yeah. I know all of us have stopped when the yoga pants ads are up <laughs> and, and then it showed us more of them. And now it showed us like the, 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 the fleece lined yoga pants that the, the, yeah. the cheek is there. I, am I the only one that's thought, man, I might buy some of those to wear underneath my stuff and just not tell my friends. <laughs> of course. I, I, I'll tell you this. And then I my wife walks by. My wife walks by. Yeah, but my wife walks by and I'm sitting there studying it on my phone. And I'm like, swear to God, it's for fishing. I just, I'm just, just fish, fishing. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the ad, so, but I, go was, ahead, I was thinking something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't know if I should but show hey, this also, or not. Before we get too far ahead on that, on the subject of the bibs, which I wear the bibs all the time. There's a lot of varieties in the um, thickness of those. They have the wind stopper ones that are thin on days whenever it's not that critical and they're still very comfortable. Then you have the rubber ones that are completely waterproof with a liner built in for those really cold days. So, you know, there's a lot of variety in the thermal protection on which one you choose that day. Just don't go oh, cheap. Now, don't go cheap. That's, that's, that's exactly the what I was going to say. The, the, the bottom line here is we've mentioned Sims, Grundens, Afco. The those things haven't those 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 three and others have one thing in common. It's worth spending the money. Go ahead, Caleb. And well, I mean, it's worth spending the money. And then, man, uh, yes, I'm sponsored by Grundens. I use it. It's great. 
A lot of my base layer comes from Sun and Ski Sports. I, it, when you're walking through the mall and the wife dips into Victoria's Secret and you you're trying to find the 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 I can't you're trying to find something to end the day that I probably can't say on a podcast without getting it striked. Um, dip into Sun and Ski Sports and just start going through the snowboarding stuff. And there's some stuff in there that you I, I have a Columbia jacket that the sleeves are rubberized and the body mm-hmm. and the shell is Gore-Tex. I wore that forever before I moved on to find some better stuff, but there. The places like that, you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks minimum, but yeah. places like that have stuff that you just, you don't know, you, you don't know it'll work until you look at them like, holy smokes. That's where my, that's where my snowboard pants came from. And, and th- those things have been great. And I've had this stuff for years and years and years. Now I don't fish, you know, nearly five days a week, like six days a week, like you guys, but I fish a lot and, and they last, I was going to ask you this. I'm hesitant to show it to the camera, uh, but I think I will. You know, you I, we all have Instagram, right? So when you click on search on Instagram, it pops up all your interests, right? So every time I click on search, you can see the entirety of my life on, on the search. It's, it's dogs. It's fishing stuff. It's uh, barbecue stuff. And women in scantily clad clothes. <laughs> I was like, that's my, that's you my know you latest. Can delete, you know, you can delete certain categories. <laughs> my entire right? life. Yeah. You can see, you, you can see my entire life. Uh, yes. in, all in right. All right. Dean, Dean, your turn. Your turn, Dean. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. not, I'm not showing my, I'm not showing my search, but there is a delete option up there also. Yeah. But it's kind of funny to me. Cause like everything from dogs and barbecue to fishing and women in bikinis, like yeah, in one it, click. <laughs> like, yeah. like in one click <laughs> yeah mine mine is you know like it's like fish fish, fish stories baseball funny baseball baddies what's a baddie don't click don't click on baddie <laughs> don't click on baddies <laughs> now now i'm intrigued <laughs> yeah no, you are you don't want you know scott, you know, scott's awfully quiet on this one scott I'll, I'll be very intrigued to see scott's it'll probably be like how to tile a wall and women in yeah. bikinis yeah like pretty <laughs> much uh, yeah yep. <laughs> It's mostly home improvement stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, but and, but but both are home improvements. <laughs> they are home improvements. I All right. Clicked so online and the first one that pops up is this girl slow eating a popsicle. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you got me beat. You got, you got me beat on that one. We oh, chose man. to make this guy a regular. Going to take just a second here to brag about my buddy Doug over at Real Paradise, realparadisetx.com. He's going to take care of Bite Me listeners, as only our friends do. It's the best in Texas. That is not just me saying that. Airbnb calls Real Paradise the best, most hospitable host in all of Texas. Overlooking the water right there on Little Bay in Rockport, Bite Me listeners take 10% off if you just mention the Bite Me podcast. And all you have to do is go to realparadisetx.com or book via Airbnb. Real Paradise for fishermen right now. All right, so a, a serious boat rep confessional. I've been looking forward to asking you guys about this and getting some comments from uh, uh, our listeners on the on the YouTube live and and certainly the listeners who listen to it uh, recorded on on the group page. So this is a this is a this is a fellow that messaged me. This happened apparently three years ago, and he says it's been eaten at him. All right, guys, I was fishing with a longtime friend, known him for years, but never fished with him. We got into some reds, but most were undersized, 18 inches or so. I kept throwing them back, but he kept three that clearly were undersized. This happened several year, years ago, and I've never gone with him again, but I've always wondered how I should have handled it and what would have happened if the game warden met us at, at the ramp. Scott, this is uh, going to start with you, but uh, he actually, there was more to that message. That's just what I sent you guys. He actually said that the, the fellow, you know, at one point he goes, he tried to be coy about it. He said, I think that one's under 20. And the guy goes, don't worry about it. Scott? Yeah, he probably did the best someone. thing. Just uh, men- mention it a few times and then don't uh, don't associate with that anymore. Uh, yeah. I had something similar. I had a really good friend that was duck hunting, and he didn't know what a duck limit was. I mean, he mm-hmm. he just shot ducks until he got tired of shooting ducks. And eventually, I just had to quit going out with him and quit hunting yeah. with him just you're just taking a chance man guilt by association you know you, game warden stops you on the boat and there's no telling what that guy's gonna say 
Oh, those aren't, aren't mine. Yeah, yeah. He was keeping those. I mean, there's just no telling uh, how that's going to work out for you. So if it's my boat, those fish aren't staying in the boat. I'm, I'm tossing them back. Yeah. Uh, if I'm on his, you know, I'm on his boat, I really don't have a whole lot of say so in it, I guess. And, but I would just no longer associate with that. It's awkward. Uh, Caleb, I'm going to go to you next because I have a hunch that you would, you would have just flat out said, hey, man, no. I I would I would wait about five weeks and then make a big deal about it on Facebook and put it on every group that ever happened. Oh, Mike, see that's you're right on brand right there. You're right on brand. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I, yeah. No, we'd had it there. I don't care if they're oversized or undersized or what. We'd have had a problem when three of them went in the box. Um, yeah, but no, I yeah no, I'll 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 say it. I've 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 had customers get pretty mad at me about it. You know it. Mm-hmm. Or even, you know, yeah, he's close. Nah, well, but my, my, my go-to is always like, look, he's, uh, even, even if I know he's under right away, you're going to throw him that thing on ice. He's going to shrink another quarter inch and I'm not taking the ticket. Yeah. Um, Dean, this is, he, he was torn up about this. I mean, he said, I just, I, he's a really good friend. Didn't want to embarrass him. Uh, but I was wondering if I was going to get a ticket, if we got stopped and, uh just you know, the conservation aspect of it i mean i i, I honestly really i wanted to ask you guys because i don't know how i would have reacted in that in that situation i mean with me i'm strict on that rule and i'm gonna be blunt with whoever it is you know um it's not worth the the penalty of what it's gonna cost you if you do meet up with a game warden and like scott said you know you're guilty by association man if you're driving the boat that's in your boat and the game warden pulls up on you, uh, the conversation is not going to end well. I mean, and I, I mean, I, I'm strict on that. And we measure fish all the time on days when we're keeping fish where that redfish is 19 and seven eighths. I mean, or it's just yeah. almost touching the line. And unfortunately, that fish got to go back. I mean, that's or it, that's just the way it is, man. There's a limit for a reason. You have to stop somewhere. And you know, get a chicken sandwich on the way home. That fillet, that it's just not yeah. worth it. You can you can go buy a Japanese wagyu for what that fillet is going to cost you. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. Uh, yeah. The back when I had a boat with a live well in it, it was back in the back, and um, I have been known to kind of argue about whether we're going to keep one or not, and then I uh, throw him in there, and then I find my way to the back in about five minutes, and that fish goes overboard without anything ever being said. It's it's happened yeah. more than once. It's a tough one, um, and 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 I've this is going to sound incredibly arrogant, or and 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 I'm just sharing the story. You know, I've told the story here about uh, I took a couple of buddies fishing, and I got stopped on the ramp by a game warden. He you know he gave me the proverbial gold star like they do because everything was in order. I was all proud, you know, showing them opening all the latches and everything. And the two dudes that, that I was with, one of them was look, peeking through the window. This was in Port O'Connor. He was peeking through the window at, uh, I forget the, the bait shop, Scott. But anyway, he's looking through the window right there. And finally he comes out just giggling. And, and I said, what's wrong? He goes, my weed was in my tackle box, man. And I'm like, and I went <laughs> off. Like, I went off. I said, dude, I have worked too hard and too long to uh to build a certain <laughs> reputation in, in 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 my career and you were out there waiting hanging me out to dry like you you guys know i have no problem with weed i don't smoke it but i it, 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 i think it should be legal all the whole nine yards but i was like dude and this was a while ago so it was before it was legal anywhere uh i said dude you you, you i don't even want to go fishing with you i mean he had like it was a bag it was like you know whatever an ounce half an ounce whatever um it's in his money. tackle box and i'm and I'm opening all the latches for the game warden. I'm like, yeah, here, you're like whatever you want. <laughs> must have been, must have been bad weed. <laughs> that much. I, I, I regularly, I because I, I, I used to did, but I haven't in a decade or more. But I regularly have a stash somewhere in my barn because I will get back and start cleaning out my boat, and somebody mm-hmm. has inevitably left some in a hatch somewhere. I mean. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got friends that'll call me and be like, Hey, what you got right now? I'm like, well, um, I don't, there's a bottle of something. I don't even know how to pronounce these things. Are these cool? You know? And I did, this is, this is a guide's life, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, like Dean said, sometimes the day gets slow and people just need to be entertained. Now, you want to leave beer on my boat? I'm all for that. That's no problem. That's not going to go to waste. Uh, this dude, man, I'll never forget it, that. You, it was just you know, John, Isn't it funny? I was like, no, it's not funny. <laughs> the beer on my boat thing went really well until I started guiding fly fishermen, and they only drink chewable beer. Used to when I just had I some red. Man. When used to when I had rednecks, I'd have me, you know, at worst Bud Light, right? And now, now it's it's, it's yeah. some crap I'd, I've never even heard of. Yeah, my whole refrigerator in the garage is full of skunk beers. I mean, it, <laughs> all those hoppy things. It, it, all the fly guys they they show up and they want to, you know, they hey, can I bring some beer on your boat? Yeah, that's fine. And then they throw throw these beers in there, and then they drink one or two or three or whatever they drink during the day, and then hey, you can just keep the rest of them, and then they leave. And I open them I up, have, and I don't I even know what the hell these wondered. beers are. There's a whole bunch I, of them. I don't know what they are. I have often wondered if Zima. the fly guys like go to a meeting and they decide by committee that this is the way it's going to be. There's the there's like fly fishing protocols. And they all tend to follow along. And I was like, how do y'all decide these things, man? Do y'all have, have an association that you yeah, adhere to? Exactly. Yeah. One time I did, I had some beer left in my boat one time. And I had that pickle kid with the, you know, the little, the little chubby kid with his tongue hanging out. It's the, the main pickle guy. And it was some kind of pickle beer. And, and that stuff was fantastic. But other than that, like they, 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 they leave like two beers in my cooler and it weighs as much as the bag of ice somehow that crap's so thick. <laughs> Those fly fishermen, uh, if they could put a lemon drop martini in a can, they would. Um, no doubt. We'll get right back to it. But a second here for Freedom Boats and Chet Moore and Pooty. There's a reason that they are growing like crazy. There's a reason that there's dealerships all over, including in Louisiana now. If you want to get to boat stuff in Louisiana, they've been serving customers for more than 40 years. Locations in Slidell, Harvey, Hammond, and Port Sulphur. And you can get your Freedom Boat there. The bottom line, it's Freedom Boats, and you hear Captain Scott and myself say it all the time. Best boat we've ever had. Get your Freedom Boat. Locations everywhere are freedomboatsusa.com. All right, so here's another question before we get to what would Scott do, what would Caleb do, what would Dean do. Uh, and this actually also came uh, on a post, but i uh, interested in you guys. Proper handling of trout and redfish for best release. Guy, guy caught a 25-inch trout, uh, but in the process of taking the picture before releasing, he stuck his hand in the gill and the fish started bleeding. Uh, didn't know what to do or if the fish would live. Uh, also wanted to know how long can you keep a fish out of the water for pictures? How should you handle them uh, with a boga and without? And the best way to resuscitate. Dean, I'm going to start with you. We all see these pictures of the trout, and it's cool, and they're shaking the tail and all that. Honestly, I don't know how much that does or doesn't affect. But to answer, like, to get started on his question there, don't ever grab the gill, no matter what you're doing, especially, if you, you know, obviously, uh, if you're trying to release it. No, I mean, and seasonally, that changes, too. In the summertime, if you take a trout out of the water for more than seconds, one minute, you're going to have a hard time <coughs> releasing that thing in the hot water. In the wintertime, you can get away with a lot more. You never want to hang them up from the boga grip and suspend their entire weight from the boga. I mean, if... If it's a beautiful trout, a trophy, you're going to snap a quick picture, you know, put two hands underneath it and get it back in the water as soon as possible. But that's another thing. I mean, when I when I know it's a good one and it's going back in the water and we need that picture, I have the camera ready. I mean, the camera's in my hand. It's turned on. You just got to be prepared for that. You can't figure it out as you're going along. So, you know, kind of have a plan in advance when that fish does come in you know, handle it as good as possible, quick picture and get it back in the water as soon as possible. Um, in the summertime, it's tough though, man, those trout, mm -hmm. when they're fighting, coming in, they're going to be tapped out when they get to the boat and then you're releasing them in the surface water, which is very, very hot. And then, you know, you'll sit there, you think you've done the best you can and you let them go and then they'll just roll belly over, belly up right in front of you. So it's just got to happen real quick is the best thing I can say. But, you know, you never want to hang a trophy from the boga from their job. Yeah, that that's true. Now, Caleb, uh, there is a proper way to take uh, to handle a redfish. Uh, you know, un, un, they're hard to grab sometimes, but there is a place where you can grab it. If you can describe that and also a redfish oftentimes, I know 
Scott and I have talked about this in the past. You put them in the water and they go, bloop, they go, <laughs> they go upside down. That'll kill them. Uh, so you kind of have to go over there and, and flip them the right way and get them going. Well, they, they, <clears throat> I've seen it happen where it's like when you're fighting them, they suck air. Because I've seen, I've, 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 I've caught one, had it in the boat within 15 seconds, weighed it, measured it in the live well in 30 seconds, and then boop, it turns upside down and floats. And Daniel's, yeah. Daniel's, one of Daniel's big roles on, on our team was Daniel was the expert fish take care of her guy. And um, he would, he would screw them long enough and he swore he'd, he'd see some bubbles come out of them and they had turned back over. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, pr- presumably the same thing whenever you release them in the water. Although, me and Robert can take a top water and yak it at them, hit them in the belly, and then I usually scare them. They'll turn over and swim off. It's. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it, that. <laughs> you can make a hell of a bird nest if not executed pro- properly. Uh, yeah. Holding the redfish, the smaller ones, they kind of have an indention just just behind their head that your thumb and your middle finger fit in. Um, I got reprimanded by uh, a couple of my sponsors for sticking my fingers in their gills. To which one of them, the 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 guy that runs the entire pro staff, is from South Louisiana. And I, I think my uh, my word was you damn well know better than that, Justin. Um, but it's basically, and then I, and then and then I sent him another picture later on, and I'm holding it with like nitrile gloves and like giving it a smooch, but you know, be real sweet to it. But they they do have a spot where you can grab them in their gills, and you'll know if you did it wrong because it hurts like hell if you do it wrong. They yeah. redfish have all kind of fell safe for you sticking your finger in their gill where you're not going to do it again. But they they you yeah. can get right you can get right against their gill plate and keep your finger completely out of their gills um my favorite one honestly is i'll hold them under the chin and under the tail for a picture but mm-hmm. most of the time i don't have the time to do that you know because you gotta kind of pick them up balance them make them happy and do all that i'll slide my finger against that gill plate pick them up take a picture turn them loose and they're they're happy and good to go uh scott the one thing i wanted to get you on was uh the near shore fish uh i know uh, he mentioned Dean mentioned uh, hanging them up upside, you know, vertically, um, and that goes double uh, for tarpon and and nearshore fish, doesn't it? Yeah, all that dragging the tarpon into the boat just drives me nuts. Uh, yeah, fish are living in a in an environment where the gravity doesn't bother them. Yeah, they're they're in the water, and when you as soon as you take them out of the water, their their internal organs are not made to support all that weight so when you hang them up vertically like that everything squishes down and it's Mm -hmm. just not good for their insides Uh, there's been some studies done on them where they've done necropsies on fish that have been killed and the linings along the inside of their guts are pulled loose and uh, hemorrhaging so even though you turn that fish loose and he looks like he's fine uh, he's bleeding on the inside and might not make it later on. Uh, so on big tarpon, I just keep them in the water and you, you lean, can over, lean the over the, the boat, boat, you get your picture yeah. in the water. Yeah. I mean, I, I see a bunch of guys jumping in the water and taking pictures with their big tarpon. I've seen way too many bull sharks hanging around the boat when we're catching tarpon to, uh, want to do that move. <laughs> that's, that's not, I mean, yeah. I don't like I don't like swimming with the toothy critters, you know. That just didn't seem like a good idea to me. But I guess if you know if you get them up shallow, you know, I've seen that done where they get them up on the beach or you know into the shallow, real shallow water and get out and hold them like that. And that makes a cool picture, no doubt. But uh, yeah, jumping in in that 25, 30 foot of water off the beachfront, that's nah, just not my not my game. But yeah, yeah, you can get good good pictures. Anything under you know on the tarpon. If they're under three foot or so, then I'll go ahead and we'll do a quick picture. Yeah, I'll have them. I'll be holding them on the side of the boat. I get my guy in his position. Get you, know, you usually got a friend with them, and tell him get ready to take a picture. And I'll lift the fish out and like one smooth move, have it into their hands, get the picture, and then put it right back. And uh, yeah. On tarpon, we also do a whole lot of resuscitation, especially the bigger ones that when they fought for quite a while, uh, kind of put the boat in in idle and hold on to their bottom jaw and just kind of go along with them and get get some water flowing. They'll let you know when they're ready, and they'll they yeah. will uh, <laughs> they'll they'll splash you when they're ready. Uh, a couple of questions on uh, tarpon scales, Scott. Before we get to the next, uh, what would Scott do, et cetera? I've seen the 
I've seen all that where people take the tarpon scale. I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, that's taking the skin off, basically. You know, that's their protection. They've, yeah. they've got scales for a reason, and they're big, thick scales for a good reason. And I see it all the time. People pop a scale off. I don't imagine that it really hurts the fish all that bad, but I'd just rather not do it myself. It is time for What Would Scott Do? What Would Caleb Do? And What Would Dean Do? And of course, every week brought to you by Wade Wright, which is CoastalFishingGear.com and the Wade Wright belt, the Bite Me special on the Wade Wright belt, 20% off. All you have to do is use the Bite Me 20 code. And you know, if you're going to get a fishing report, you're going to be throwing knock and tail lures. Micah Krulik has it going on as well. And that is at knockandtaillures.com. Get the KTLs in your box. That's what I throw. Also have the Bite Me 20 discount. Type in the Bite Me 20 discount, and you're going to get those fantastic lures for even less. All right. What would Scott do? What would Caleb do? What would Dean do? We've come to the conclusion that it's going to be a good week for fishing, but let's get uh, not just into the, the latter part of the week, Dean, but uh, into the weekend. Of, you know, I'm such a dummy, by the way. Uh, we, I'm going, I'm not fishing this week. I'm going to drive nine and a half hours to Oxford, Mississippi, to probably watch the Aggies get their brains beat in, but we got some family, some friends over there, and they invited us. So uh, don't catch them all. But Dean, uh, this weekend, lower coast uh, and uh, end of the week, uh, what would you do if you're getting out there? Man, it looks like it's going to be as good as it gets. You know, we got four, three or four days be behind the change, and <laughs> the wind is absolutely perfect for what we want to do. Um, but I'm going to stick to deeper flats, you know. Opposed to 12 to 18 inches, I'll probably be in two to three feet of water. Um, drifting with the light winds, maybe on the troll motor. Um, and not probably not as much topwater action as there has been. Probably a lot of sub subsurface, soft plastics, paddle tails, weedless rigs. Um, it's that time where we started looking for schools down here. I mean, big schools, like 40, 50 fish. You know, it looks like a herd of buffaloes running across the flats. And um, yeah. it just, it's just that time. I mean, it's November 1st of December. And, I mean, it, it's what we wait for all year. Deer season. And largely weedless, right? Uh, you mentioned the playlist, just to make it clear. You're largely weedless stuff subsurface, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially in my area because the grass is so thick. Um, things that don't snag the grass. 16th ounce jig head with a paddle tail um mm -hmm. just ticks the grass goes right across the top hit the sand holes and should be some great sight casting opportunities um you know you throw it you you go out at, at midday that's another mm -hmm. thing about this time of year the crack of dawn is not critical you have opportunities yeah. all day long and the sun is overhead <laughs> and you can see you know, you see what you're throwing at. So, you know, it doesn't get to 10 or 11 o'clock and it's so hot that it's unbearable. You know, you get two or three more hours of primo fishing. Caleb, sleep in, baby. You were you were shaking your fist. Dude, I, so me and Pat Gardner and Larry Higgins from K Wiggler have been texting back and forth this entire show because we were mm -hmm. going to go on Thursday and we have elected to push till Friday. Um, and Pat's like, what time, dude? And I'm like, eh. 8 eight thirty sounds good and um so we're talking about she going wants to, to be there at six yeah well pat 4 30 right and <laughs> so and then and then and then uh you know pat pat likes to do pat things he's and he's he said so uh you want to stay in the boat or wade and i was like what the hell do you think guy <laughs> are, we, are we not best friends but so we were but but, but then it went on and he he's like well because we're going out to shoot video for one of our new projects and uh and he's like, well, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "Well, I want to go in." I sounded like I sounded like the guide from, I mean, the the customer from hell. I'm like, "Well, at first, I'd like to start off chasing schools of redfish, and then after that, I'd like to move to uh, the bay and catch a bunch of trout. And then after that, you know." And, and so we're we're looking at the conditions, and Pat and I have a little a little honey hole that we really like on a on a northeast wind, and after a tide dump, and uh, we're kind of going back and forth. And he said, "Man, that could be fire." And I said, "I said, yeah, it could." I said, "This," I said, "This is kind of a late evening spot," and. uh he said something. I said, man, I can't wait till time change. We're late evening, evening is 530. That's going to be great. Then I can get all of my sleepy time. But yeah, uh, anyway, yeah. like Dean's then I pretty well just laid out to you what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm the, the, the slate is open. I am chasing redfish. I am drifting for trout and I am waiting for trout all on the same day. But I would like to, I would like to start a new, um, 
a new uh, topic to close out our shows instead of you you know WWCD. I yeah. think we should go with with WCWJT. What's that? What cork would John throw? <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I have an answer to that. I, I have an answer do. to that. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. Uh, cold winds like this. I mean, uh, uh, cold temperatures and a, a little bit. There's a little bit of breeze. Nobody really mentioned uh, that too much yet, Scott. But uh, uh, I think I'd go with the standard. The little, uh, the standard uh, cork that I use, the Paradise Popper, 30-inch liter, uh, soft plastic uh, with a little... Uh, with a little, uh, the lightest jig head that I could possibly use. Uh, and here's the other thing, Caleb, before we get to Scott, I'm a big, I don't know if you guys are or not. I, I think Caleb might be. This time of year, I'm looking at min minors and majors more than ever. Because if it if the minor, like the minor Saturday, I'm looking at it right now, is I want to say it starts at noon and ends at about 2 p.m. I'm going to be out there then, that's for sure. I'm going to be out there more than that. But uh, I, I trust the minors and the majors more here in uh, th this time of year. Uh, I, I want to be in the spot that like, I really want to be in when they're happening. But we're about to get into that time where, where they'll they'll eat all day long. It's just a matter of turning on and turning off, which very well could have something to do with the minors and majors. But, you know, John, what I like about you is you're a can-do kind of guy. Whenever we're talking about the water quits moving and the fish stop eating, you just say, you know what, I have the stuff on the end of my line to move the water. I will damn move right water I do. for the fish and give them something to eat. You're damn right I do. And, uh, Scott, uh, what would you do? Uh, Port O'Connor area, mid-coast. By the way, there's a there's a major starting at 4 p.m. In a couple of weeks, that's going to be 3 p.m., Caleb. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, Scott, what do you got going on? I'm telling you, <clears throat> I think this if if the weekday challenge could take, a, take off Wednesday and Thursday, I think that's going to be the the time, man. Everything's starting to heat back up. Uh, we're looking at lows in the 60s, highs in the 70s. Can't get much better than that. Light winds. Everything looks like less than 10 miles an hour. Uh, dealer's choice, man. Go out there and chase some birds. I'm sure the birds will be working with all this dump taking place and a lot of bait fish being out in the open, shrimp going out there. Uh, the water's going to be coming back into the marshes. And you can follow it right back in there and probably pick up a bunch of redfish. Uh, it's like I said, dealer's choice, man. What what kind of fishing do you want to do? And then go do it. You could go wading, you could go drifting, go polling. Yeah. I mean, it's this is my favorite time of year. Always is. It always is. It's gonna be on guaranteed because I'm gonna be in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, hoping that the Aggies don't embarrass me too badly. It's the worst. What was I thinking? That's, That's a like major in a minor. Wedding. Say what? How does the major and minor affect? How's the major and minor affect your football? <laughs> yeah, I get I get major disappointed sometimes. <laughs> that's what, Nine that's and a half hours it. on the road. Yes, sir. Got to got I try to go to every SEC city uh, once a dedication, year. Man. But, but I should have gone in October or September, man. I don't know what I was thinking. Like I said, it's kind of like planning a wedding in November. What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, guys, don't forget to uh, book our book our fine captains here. They're awesome. They're awesome guys. Uh, they're great friends. They'll be your friend. Uh, they're all available uh, via their social media accounts. Uh, it's uh, slowrideguide.com, but I would say uh, hit Dean up on social media. Same thing with Captain Caleb TV. Hit him up. Captain Scott, that house is just about done. He's going to be ramping up even more fishing as we get into... Uh, we'll send you pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that happens to Let's me. Let's make the time. a deal. All three of us send him pictures. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us here live. Don't forget to subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel and to the uh, Bite Me podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we got more Bite Me shorts coming from all these guys and more. Until then, catch them up. See you next time.